Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Mom, do you think when Dad says he loves us, but he keeps it in his heart? What do you think he means when he says that? A lot of the time, especially for Vietnamese people, people laugh, but they don't show it. Kia ora, we're your hosts, Julie and Sarade. We travelled around Aotearoa with our soundie Joey, meeting immigrant Fano, listening to stories and discovering what is said or not said between different generations. These stories warmed our hearts and broke our hearts. And over this series, we invite you two to listen in on conversations with my immigrant parents. In this episode of the podcast, we are in Poneke with Hung and her twin daughters, Lee and Ha. Hung and her husband came to Aotearoa when the twins were 14 months. Hung was born and raised in Vietnam, and after meeting her husband as a teenager, they escaped Vietnam together and stayed in a refugee camp in Hong Kong for two years, where she had her twin daughters at just 20 years old. Ha and Lee are now in their early 30s, and both of them live and work in and around Te Whanganui Atara. As you'll hear, the episode was predominantly recorded in Vietnamese. We have a translator, Tu Zung, speaking in English for Hung, and Ha and Lee are translating over their own original Vietnamese. At the time of the recording, we had an interpreter, Polo, in the room with us as well, so you may hear her voice chiming in. Our mum's name is Hương. Her name is Hương Nguyen. She was born in Vietnam, in the north. She works in the seafood department at Pake and Save. She's made a lot of friends there already. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she's quite bubbly as a person, like outside of a shower, she can be talkative. She's a very caring person, probably cares too much sometimes. Always giving you lots of food, even when your fridge is really full. Yeah, I think the way she shows love is through food, probably like a lot of other Asian mums. I got four children, two boys and two girls. Uh, my daughter is named Ha and Lee. They are twins. They are born in Hong Kong. One of my daughters, Lee, used to be a quiet girl when she was younger, whereas Ha, my other daughter, was always more outgoing and bold. But now, as adults, they are both confident and fearless. They are no longer shy. When I got pregnant with you both, I didn't know I was pregnant. When I got sick and sicker and started to cough a lot, I went to see the doctor. The doctor checked me and then congratulated me, saying that I was having a baby. They did an ultrasound scan of me, but they didn't tell me that I was having twins. One day, when my stomach was really painful, I went to the hospital to have it checked. 
the doctor and the nurse told me that I was already in labor, so they didn't let me go home. I was in so much pain, so they gave me a pain relief shot, made me sleep, and then kept me at the hospital overnight. The next morning, I delivered Lee first. I had absolutely no idea about the twins. The doctor said I still needed to deliver one more baby. Five minutes later. Maybe five minutes? Yeah. I was in agony, but I could only do what they told me. Then the second baby came out, and they cut the umbilical cord. The cord, the baby cord? Yeah. I was fully conscious through that stitching process. They didn't give me any anesthetic. Then I was in so much pain, and I felt very tired. They decided to give me general anesthetics, and I went to sleep. Why didn't they give you anesthetics at the start? They didn't want me to go to sleep because they wanted it to be a natural birth delivery. It was better that way, they say. But I was quite glad that you both could be delivered naturally. The law in Vietnam back then and the rules in the refugee camp in Hong Kong only allow one person in the hospital. Did they not allow me? Well, even when I gave birth to you, they only allow me, only me and the doctors. I didn't have much milk. I wanted to breastfeed you, but I didn't have much milk, as we had little food in the refugee camp. You cry the whole night. You pee a lot. Was there no one to help you? There was no one there to help me. When I had to cook for you, I put one on the floor and I carry one in my arm. Your dad worked to get money to buy milk for you so that I could feed you. You both was always craving for food because you didn't eat enough nutrients. If we had enough, we would have been taller, right? <laughs> but we wouldn't know, right? Some people had enough and they're still not so tall. Yes, it's like you, Mum. You didn't have enough nutrients either, so you aren't tall either. Did you want Dad to support you more in those times? Yes, definitely. I wanted Dad to help out, especially when I was so sleepy. But Vietnamese men are not usually involved in nighttime nurturing. What about when we arrived here in New Zealand? We both looked after you. When I wasn't home, Dad would take care of you. Pretty good care. Was it actually good? Of course. He loved you both a lot. I think his love language is different. 
I feel like he shows his love by like doing stuff. Like doing what stuff though? Acts of service. So like building those raranga tools, but he can't show like his love in other ways. Yeah, for me, like even though I don't really know exactly what happened in like the Hong Kong refugee camp, like I always feel like I guess I'm like, oh, maybe Dad could help more or something, or because she was like really young and so, I, and she's got two babies to look after and stuff. It'd be really scary. Probably be scary that for all by herself. Like even if like Dad helped, she didn't have time for her mental well-being. But it's hard as well because like Dad's not here to talk about it. Mum, do you think so when Dad says he loves us but he keeps it in his heart, what do you think he means when he says that? A lot of the time, especially for Vietnamese people, people love, but they don't show it. Like, don't say, I love you, or don't say... They keep it inside, they don't say... I love you so much. They might hold you or hug you, but they wouldn't say, I love you so much. They won't say it. Not like me. When I often lifted you up, hug you, and then kiss you on the cheek, and then I whispered to you, My daughter, I love you so much. My pretty girl, you are a good girl. Vietnamese men don't do that. I think so much about the work that mothers do and how that work is really not quantified or appreciated, definitely not by society outside of their homes, but often not even inside the home, and how the labour that mothers do is truly useful and it actually allows the rest of the family to thrive which means, therefore, that it has economic benefit because it gives people freedom. But all this work is just something that women are expected to do for free and out of love. Society doesn't work unless people work for free. Yeah. And taking care of children and taking care of your partner and maybe your parents or your partner's parents, that's working for free. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so taken for granted. Mm. And it's something that I don't think we acknowledge enough. Even people who believe themselves to be feminists fall into this trap of replicating the same systems that we can be critical of at a theoretical level, but Mm. find ourselves falling into the same traps of, because that's just the way that the system is set up. And it's really hard to pursue a different path. It's interesting the way that Hung talks about the difference between Vietnamese mothers and fathers uh, because I think that is something that can be generalised to more groups that often, like you say, the labourer is on women to be a certain way, to be a certain kind of mother, but the same expectations aren't placed on fathers to be that way. In this next part, Hung reminisces on her early years in Vietnam and meeting her husband. Long time ago, when I was young, I was in love with your dad for about three to four months. Your dad asked me to go to Hong Kong with him. Uh, What would we do there? I asked him, and he said, oh, we will go to Hong Kong to live there. 
just leave Vietnam. Here, we have to work so hard and suffer a lot. Yet, have not enough to eat and live. By going to Hong Kong, we would have a better life and brighter future. So when he spoke of Hong Kong, he didn't mention New Zealand? No, uh, no, no one knows. We only knew about Hong Kong because it's near Vietnam. We do not know New Zealand or Australia. I had absolutely no idea. So did anyone else come along as well? Anybody who wanted to escape from Vietnam to Hong Kong back then had to be absolutely secretive. We all had to stay very quiet, otherwise police would capture us and imprison the whole family. At that time, it was because your dad had asked me to come with him since he has a boat. And I also wanted my parents to come, but they were all against the idea. They even tried to stop me from going. That's why I had to hide it from them and sneak away. When did you first meet Dad? Your dad's cousin's family house was close to my house in my hometown village. He went to his cousin to visit and met me there. Um, He was much older than me, so I first called him uncle. (laughs) What? If you called him uncle, how did you even like each other? (laughs) I don't know. In Vietnam, if the guy is older than you, you use uncle to address him. An interesting thing we learnt was that Lee and Hard don't actually know whether they are identical twins or fraternal twins. When she was younger, Ha sometimes had reservations about being a twin and about the pressure her parents put on her. I think that's the time when I didn't really want to be your twin because I was trying to navigate the school and see how I can be or, like, I don't know, how to make it easier for myself. I found school hard. I was shy. I didn't really know how to do things. You and Dad couldn't help us because you don't know the language. Yes, I wish I could help, but I didn't know any English then. It was extremely difficult. If I did, I could teach you more. Then you would become more confident, more bold. I think I, I wonder if like where that's where the pressure came from or like kept going or I don't know there was no one I could like ask for things. Like we have our parents, but then there was a lot of stuff that we had to navigate here because they're from Vietnam. Mm. They think differently obviously and live differently. You're talking about like how to live your life. Like ways to do things or ways to be, like behaviors and attitudes and stuff in hindsight I feel like I was like trying to work out what is like the right way or what is the natural way or something in my kid's mind I don't know if I like felt that I had to live a certain way at school and at home I feel like I was just after trying to enjoy whatever I'm doing we didn't know English so you had to stand on your own 
I don't know if this is true, but I felt like I had to take care of the family. When you and dad asked me to translate things, but not Lee or the brothers, I feel like I had to have lots of responsibilities. And feel more work. Yeah, feeling more work and, like, there was a huge pressure. I didn't like it. I don't know how to say the pressure, but, like, feeling work, yeah. But I just felt overwhelmed with the amount of responsibility. Feeling like it's a big job. This is because you didn't want to do it, but this is something that we needed you to do. No, but like, it wasn't that I didn't want to help you. It's a really big job. Was it really a big job? Yes, it was a big job. Like all of those plus everything else, like all the stuff. I didn't want to do those things. What's like, the other stuff? I didn't really understand it. That's why I didn't understand phone bills and stuff. Like yeah. I was still in high school. I had to call these people. But um, so this doesn't seem like a big job, yeah, but it is a big job. Mom, do you think that you ask hard to do more stuff or more than you asked me? Well, we ask her to do more. Why? Firstly, because she knows more Vietnamese and English than you. She was closer to us. Even when in high school, her didn't help us at that point. I feel like I did. There was sometimes you asked me to call some people. No. In high school. Maybe not as much as in university. Because you didn't understand as much. I feel like there was odd jobs though. Mm. Anyway, there was a lot that I didn't understand Mm. that I didn't want to do. Yeah, I think they asked me as well, but I don't feel like if I didn't get it right, then it's the end of the world. Maybe that's where it differs. I think I can't let go of that quickly. It's like almost maybe like all or nothing because I kind of have a sense that like who asks what they ask. That's the pressure of like, oh, I feel like I'm like that stop and like not they're mm. not going to ask other people. Or if they do, it will take a while for them or it takes them a lot of work or they have to like go all the way yeah. there to yeah. ask them. That takes a lot of energy for me. So then... It's either that or I'll just be like, no, I don't want to do it. Then feel like extremely crap. (laughs) Fully, I would also ask you to do stuff, but because of your limited Vietnamese, I tend to ask her to do more work for me. Gradually, I can now recognize her's feeling and I can empathize with you more. Then you also empathize with me. Empathize with you for what? I ask you to do many things for me, the things that you wouldn't like to do, but you still had to do. I do feel sorry that you weren't happy and that you had to carry this pressure and you often say it, it's very stressful. This is something that I remember doing and probably still doing, like when there's a situation, some kind of institution that you come across, like whether it's the health system or like, yeah, getting a contractor in, like when your parents or your grandparents, like your family who don't have the language skills, 
pass that responsibility on to you. And then as a kid, it can feel really daunting having to shoulder those grown-up responsibilities. You can definitely hear what a long-term impact that has had on her as she has gone on through her life and maybe that is what led to what she described as like that strained relationship she had with her mum. Yeah, the twins have such different experiences and perspectives despite being raised in the exact same environment. Hey, like they've reached different conclusions about things too. Mm. After leaving her family behind in Vietnam, it was a long time before Hung was able to get back to see them. When I left Vietnam, I never knew that I would be able to come back. It was nine years since I left Vietnam. When I left, I didn't know that I was going to New Zealand when the flight was about to land. I could see the familiar hometown scenery and I was crying from up in the sky. Did you go back with Dad? Yeah. I was so excited. I could see my parents again. I could see my sibling again. Did you land in Nobai Airport? Yes, so happy. Like happiness was flowing through my tears. The fly had not even landed, but I was already crying. Why did you have to wait nine years before you went back? Were you not allowed to go back to Vietnam? It's not that we were not allowed to travel, but we had to have money to go home. I would never imagine that I could go back and see my parents and see my siblings again. We could only use the phone or letters. We could only stay for three weeks because no one looked after you guys. The happiest time for me was when I could travel to Vietnam with you girls. I was really happy. I went with your dad a few times, but there was nothing like those two years, 2018 and 2019. Yeah, we got to see like what our Vietnam, our hometown was like, and to meet our grandparents and your family. When I travel with your dad, I didn't feel like I have that freedom. About two years ago, Ha moved back in with her mother. And in the next part, Ha reflects on how her relationship with her mother changed after they started living together again. We had more time to connect. Mm. I always felt like our relationship was like super strained. I just get stressed out being with her. I still do, but before. When I moved back home after Nikit and I separated in the past, you and I, Mum, we weren't that close with each other. Whenever I was close to you, I used to feel really stressed out. After we united, it's gotten better over time. Our relationship has gotten better as we share more things. I feel the same. Even if you didn't tell me, 
Now that Ha is moving in with me, we can share a lot, and I feel like we are just like two girlfriends. I know her more, can understand her more, and really empathize with each other's stories. You look very fun. It's quite pleasant, actually. Fun at times, too. What kind of fun things? <laughs> What's the fun things? So sure she wanted me to tell no, you no, on no, the. No, 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 don't tell me. I guess the stuff that makes us laugh like maniacs. <laughs> you may be able to think about that. <laughs> I can just think about rude stuff. <laughs> Sometimes your sister Ha and I, we talked and we did a lot of fun things together. We went to the hot spring together. A lot of time I do not want to act as a mother and you must be as a daughter. But if we are friends, then our friendship is closer. I feel like I like that. That's why now Ha misses me more. If I come home late, she would call and ask. What time do you come home tonight? I say, uh, why? She say, I miss you. I <laughs> didn't miss her before. Yeah. <laughs> I feel blessed. Now your dad is so different, but because Ha is closer to me, I have support. When I feel really sad, I would like to call you and talk to you so that you can make me happy. I like to thank you for that. I feel really grateful. Now that you are both grown up, you understand the situation more. I don't feel that lonely. What do you think about your relationship with Dad right now? I feel like... We are not so friendly anymore. Friendly with each other? No. It gets more distant day by day. We feel like we are falling apart. We are going different directions. We are not husband and wife like previously. We don't talk anymore. We just do our own things live our own way. If we need to go out, we go. We are like flatmates, but even flatmates would say, hello, how are you today? But he doesn't. Uh, where are you going now? Something else? We become more and more distant. As things are the way they are, how do you feel? Like we are strangers. We no longer know each other. Very sad. Each day, when I come home after work, I step into the house and the atmosphere is nặng nề. What is nặng nề? Nặng nề means heavy, gloomy atmosphere. If everybody is happy, when I go home, even it's a hard day, I still feel good. Like you want to go home. No matter how long the day is, I'm still happy. Yes, the happiness usually helps me overcome, but now I feel more and more exhausted. I think I feel similar to how you feel, Mum. I don't want to go home. 
I noticed the gloomy atmosphere. If you were there, then it's happier. That does say hi to me, but he doesn't say hi to you, and I find that really hard. I want to just greet him like normal, but you guys don't talk to each other. Sometimes Dad's happy and sometimes he's not. When you go home, does Dad not talk to you? I feel there's still something missing, obviously, like even when he is happy with me or like... Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like not fully there, not fully present. Yeah. Whenever I hear about him from you and... Ah, that makes me sad as well. Sometimes I wish we can be like how we used to be before. Because he's still part of our family, but we can't talk to him. I'm always thinking, like, why can't we be a normal family? Normal family? I also think, why does Dad not want to get close with us? Why he only seems to care about his own stuff and not others. That kind of frustrates me because it's like, seems a bit selfish, whatever the reason is. Yeah, I'll try to stay there because no one, nowhere go. If I move out now, perhaps I feel happier. Here, I'm not happy. It doesn't make me feel peaceful. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Because we just need to move on sometimes. Move on? It may be better for both worlds if we do. I know that I've said this before, but I do think that this is the hardest kind of stuff to talk about like things which are unresolved, which are ongoing. Because so much of the time we only talk about the hard stuff in hindsight, like Mm -hmm. when we've had some distance from it. And I just really appreciate the family sharing this particular situation that they're in um, on the podcast. And I really hope there's a way that it can get better. My home is not the actual house. My home is where I can be with the people I love and care about, with Leo and Mum and my siblings. I don't know if Dad will be there. Maybe not, because we're not that close anymore. And also in New Zealand, wherever. And it doesn't really matter where, as long as I'm with my loved ones and family. That's home. I guess if I travelled with my partner somewhere or lived somewhere else, like, that could also be home as well. It depends, like, if I, like, made that a home. Like, so it doesn't necessarily mean that home is always where a family is. Yeah. I think I'm kind of similar where it's, like, I don't feel like I'm stuck somewhere. Mm. For me, now, home is with mum. Mm. Home to me is... home. Like, is home nhà or quê hương? Quê hương is like a home country. It can be home house. <laughs> My home is to be with you, mum. For example, even if we were in a camper van together, that would still be home to me. 
For me, it's similar. When I'm home in the flat, I don't know where I am. But if I think about you girls, I feel at home. What do you mean by you don't know where you are? Do you mean the home in your heart? I think about being with you, then I feel at home. I miss my home in Vietnam as well, and that makes me sad. Sometimes lonely thì nhớ Việt Nam. When I feel lonely here, I miss Vietnam deeply and I want to go back to Vietnam, my home. When I miss you girls, I can get to see you, then I feel happy. So a big thank you to Polo uh, and also Celine who helped us with translations and the editing of this podcast. Also a big thanks to Tuzung, Lee and Ha for recording the English translations for this episode. We hope you've really enjoyed listening to this bilingual episode. I think it's so special to be able to work with a family to record a conversation in the language that they most naturally communicate in. And I really wish that we were able to do a lot more of this to include a wider range of families uh, in this podcast series. Editing this episode and working on this episode has also been such a gift because of what it has pulled apart about language and what we mean and how we talk to one another mm. and how Ha and Lee understand their mum in such mm. an intimate way, mm. you know, just because she's their mum. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lot more work and effort to create a bilingual episode, but mm. I just feel like it's so worth it to put in that work because of maybe what it gives the family, but also I don't know if it kind of decenters the pervasiveness of English mm. in the society that we live in. It like, deprioritizes assimilation. Yeah, it isn't natural that English is the predominant language mm. that we're all speaking in. True. I feel like it's one small way of giving agency or autonomy back to an immigrant family. Love it. E harikoana te ngako ki te whakarongo ki te reo rua o tene whanau. Nā reira, he mihi maioha ki a koutou. You can check out photos and videos of all our families on Facebook at Where Are You From Really, on Instagram at Convos With My, online at tahi.fm or rnz.co.nz forward slash conversations, or follow the podcast on all major podcast providers. Conversations with My Immigrant Parents was created, produced, and directed by Julie Tu and Saray De Silva. If you wish, you can follow us at Saray De Silva or at Julie Tu with two U's. Location recording for this episode by Tane Hipango. Sound post-production by Emi Pagoni. Music composed and produced by Tal, Shantani and Shalina Sandrin. And videos are edited by Josh Yong. Our cover image is illustrated by Nga Mutani Jones and designed by Sonia Milford. A big mihi also to Tim Burnell and Jody Huani from RNZ Commissioning. Conversations with My Immigrant Parents was made possible with the support of New Zealand On Air. He konai ipurangi tenei matereo irirangi o Aotearoa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.